Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Um, thank you for the different ways that you give us to worship you. And, and, and we do worship you in song, but that's not the only way we worship you, Lord. We worship you through our giving. We worship you through our service. So, Lord, when we gave 10,000 pounds of, of food to our community, um, we were worshiping you. you. You said in your word, if you, you give the least among these, you're giving to me. And so, Lord, we, we blessed our community and we worshiped in that way. And, and Lord, we worship even um, in so many different ways. And right now, we're going to worship you in your word. And we thank you, Lord, that this word, this word that we read today, that was a blessing to people 2,000 years ago, is a blessing to us today. So we pray that you would speak to us, and then, Lord, we pray that you would change us and make us more like Jesus. That is our heart, and that is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, we've been focusing in the last um, several messages, the Lord's had me focus on persevering, perseverance. And so uh, we're going to continue with that theme this morning. Initially, when I preached on perseverance, we were in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 to 8. And uh, that verse I'm talking about, consider it all joy when you have trials and tests of many kinds. And then last week we were in Romans chapter 5 and talked about growing in character. How God uses perseverance uh, to, to build us up in character, and character leads us to hope. And today we're going to be in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 to 39. And you can turn there now. Um, and uh, I've titled this message, Persevering Together. And so that's going to be our focus this morning um, on perseverance. And so we're going to continue with that focus this morning. Uh, I'm going to start us out with a story. And um, the story goes that there was a, a country preacher uh, that deci decided he was going to skip his surfaces that morning on Sunday and, and head to the hills to do some bear hunting. And uh, as he rounded the corner... On a perilous twist in the trail, he and a bear actually collided together, sending him and his rifle tumbling down the mountainside. And before he knew it, his wife, rifle went one way, and he went the other, landing on a rock, and, and he broke both legs. Ouch. Now, believe it or not, that was the good news. The bad news was that there was a ferocious bear charging at him from a distance, and he couldn't move. And so he cried out to the Lord. He said, Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry for skipping services today uh, to come out and hunt bear. And, uh, Lord, please forgive me and grant me one wish. Please make a Christian out of that bear that's coming at me. Please, Lord. And so that, that very instant, that very instant, the bear skidded to a halt, fell to its knees, clasped its claws together, together, and began to pray it aloud right at the preacher's feet. And you know what he said? He said, Dear God, Bless this food that I'm about to receive. <laughs> All right, at least I got a laugh at that. That's, that's another, another pastor's joke there. But um, all that and saying, you know, we, we, we need to pray, right? And, and we need to be praying, and we've been praying. But my question is, do, when we pray, do we see suffering and persevering as part of, that, part of the Christian life as well? You know, we live in a world before this virus that it was very prevalent to see and look on TV and see people preaching about health and wealth and, and how, how good life was, and that if something was going wrong in your life, that you didn't have enough faith. You're not hearing that anymore. Okay? Times have changed. Sometimes we act as if the goal of this life is to avoid suffering and pain of any kind. 
We act as if we, if we suffer, we expect God to say, oh, oh I'm sorry about that. I, I wasn't paying attention. I'll fix that right away. But that's not the true Christian walk, is it? The true Christian walk is sometimes God removes the storm, but sometimes he brings us through the storm. Amen? And the Christian walk, is, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Now, now we've had some people in our, our church run a marathon, and, and they'll tell you, uh, now, that won't be me. No, it's not going to happen anytime soon, okay? I'm not going to be running a marathon. But the reality of running a marathon is sometimes the running hurts and the race seems long. And that's the truth of our Christian walk. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so the theme this morning is we need to persevere through difficulties in order to receive God's best for us. That's the reality of our walk. Now, before we get started with the book of Hebrews, I need to give you a little context so you know what's going on in this, this great book. Um, it's an amazing book, and the purpose of the author of Hebrews is to establish Christ's preeminence in his replacement of the Mosaic law. In other words, the old covenant is done, the new covenant is here in Jesus. And it's turn his audience back to faith in him and him alone. And, and so the, the theme of this book is that we need to keep growing in our faith and to persevere through hard times in order to keep from falling back. And so, so once you know what was going on at that time, Jewish believers, this, is, this, this book is mostly directed at Jewish believers, and what was going on, the Jewish converts were thinking about going back, going back to Judaism. And, 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 and they, they, they were feeling pressure from the Jewish community around them to do that. And so they were doing a couple of different things. Some of them were just saying, well, we may as well go back. Jesus isn't enough. Others were mixing Judaism with Christianity. Neither of those would work. Amen? The gospel is enough. Jesus is enough. And so as you read that book, and I encourage you to read the chapters before this chapter, it talks again and again that Jesus is enough. That the, the new covenant is the better covenant. And they need to lead that old, leave the old covenant behind. And so that, that's the focus of the book. So I just wanted you to know what, what was going on and what they were being tempted to do at that time. So I'm going to start with verse 32, and if you could just read along with me. Verse 32 says, Remember those earlier days after you'd received the light when you stood your ground in the great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. This is the word of the Lord. Remembering, the first point is that remembering past times of persevering can help us persevere right now. Sometimes we have to remember what God did in the past in order to persevere in the moment. And, and so I give you an example. Um, and, and so my question for you is, re remember how you stood for God in tough times. You need to think about those tough times and then draw on your past experience a grain strength to endure for the future. Uh, my example this morning is, is really simply the boiler, okay? When I got the call from, from Moe's, that, that, and he just did the regular maintenance on the boiler. When I, when I got the call from, from Moe's uh, that the boiler was down, <laughs> I was just like, I, I do not receive that. <laughs> you know, because it, I knew it was just five years ago that we went through this. Um, 
But, you know, I soon got it together, and, and, and I, I just reflected back on what happened five years ago. And five years ago, the same situation happened. Uh, Pastor Allen was dealing with that, and, and I remember that, that you know, it was in September, and I remember that we were together, and there were Sundays that we were in here with our coats on, um, you know, bearing up. We did not have heat until December 8th of that year. And so I knew that God had provided at that time. I remember that time that we only had we, the boiler, the cost of the boiler was it had doubled from the time that we did it before 30 years before. So the first time that it happened with Jim Queen, it was 30,000. This time it was 60. And the, the, the good news was that we had 30 in, in designated, but the bad news is we didn't have the other 30. So we had to fundraise $30,000 to pay it off. And, and, you know, by God's grace, um, we got there. We, we weren't totally, we didn't totally have it at the end of time. So I'm not going to lie and say, hey, we had it when we put it in. But we took out a short-term loan, and within six months of that boiler going in, in other words, by the time we hit summer, it went in in December, by the time we got to July, we paid it off. And so praise God, you know, we, we, we went debt-free, and that's my goal this time. But I say that to say, when we were going through this, God reminded me of that. He said, you, you'll get through this. Focus the church. Let them, know the, let them know the struggle. We'll get through this together. And you guys have stepped up, UBC. I want to applaud you for that, for stepping up, all of you, for giving towards that need. Um, we, we, we raised over 4000 just in September alone. And so we're in good shape heading towards that. We need a little bit more, but, but we're going to be fine. We're going to be able to get through this. And so remembering past times of persevering can help us persevere right at the moment. And so I don't know what that is for you, but you need to remember those times that God brought you through. So that you can stand. And I want you to notice that word. It says, when you stood your ground. That's what we need to do in this season. Stand our ground. Say, you know, we're going to get through this together. Remembering, uh, the next verse says, receive the light. And that idea of receiving the light refers to their conversion to Christ. He's talking to the Jewish believers, Jewish converts. This is a common New Testament way of describing conversion. The Jews had given their their lives to Jesus. And uh, we see that in Acts 26, verse 17. So he's referring to their first love, coming to know the first love. Do you remember when you first came to Jesus? Do you remember when you first read the Bible and it was just like a love letter to you? You remember when you couldn't stop reading that? I remember the first time I read through that, that New Testament and I was just, I was just loving it. And when I came to Christ and gave my life to Christ, it was like, this is for me. You did this for me. And, and so, you know, sometimes we lose that fire. But he's saying, reflect back to when you first came to Christ in the midst of this challenge, in the face of this suffering. And so we need to do that sometimes. Uh, and we, we don't just see the light of, of God's glory clearly when we're walking with them. We begin to reflect that light back to others. So you're not only, when you're, when you're pressing in your relationship with the Lord and drawing close to Him, you're not only drawing close to him, people see Jesus in you. Amen. Amen? I want to tell you, yesterday, the people of Uptown saw Jesus in you. They saw Jesus in the people from Missy O'Day. We were having fun out there. Amen? Amen. Can we, can, people that were there, can we, can we just applaud the Lord for a minute? We got a chance to give out 10,000 pounds of food to our community. We got a chance to give out the gospel to our community. I remember Morris being on the truck 
And Morris, you got to be tired today because that was a lot of boxes that you carried. But Morris had the joy of the Lord. I mean, he was preaching the gospel in the truck. He, you know, Romans 10 was coming out. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus the Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He could not help but preach the gospel because we were blessing the community. And he wanted to know where the blessing was coming from. Now, I praise God for USDA. I praise God for the government and all that. They worked together, but the blessing was from the Lord. Amen? We got to bless the, the community from the Lord. And so we were just filled with that. And, and, and Paul is saying, the, speak, the writer of this book is saying, remember that in the midst of suffering. Because that will get you through. And so Hebrews 10.32, he's pointing out these two things. He says these, that, that Christians had come to see the light of the gospel, of the glory of God. And they've seen that, and, and they said it's truly invaluable, it's, it's, it's invaluable. So it didn't matter about their belongings. And then they began to shine in the world as a witness to this truth and value. And so people that were there yesterday, they said there's something different about these people. And we pray that it draws them in. We pray that it draws them in to see their real need. That's our goal. That's why we gave out the Bible tracts. We gave out the masks to protect them from the virus. We gave out the Bible tracts so they could find Jesus. Amen? And we pray that whether it's Missio Day, whether it's our church, just oh, they go to a Bible-believing church and find Jesus. That's, that's our goal. You know, not just the physical food, but the spiritual food. And so that first experience that these people had in the book of Hebrews, that set them free from the world. But the second one made them stand out from the world or stand out to the world. And that's what yesterday's outreach was about, standing out to the world so they could see Jesus. Now, for the people here, it's an interesting thing. When they stood out for Jesus, you know what happened? Suffering came. Sometimes when we stand out for Jesus, we don't get all the praise, do we? We get hostility. Amen? Sometimes we do, let's be honest. Sometimes it's not always received in a positive way. I think about our church not too long ago in our community, uh, and we were viewed as, for a long time as the darling of the community, a blessing to the community. But some of you that were here at this time, you remember there was a season where we were, not, we were no longer viewed as a blessing. We were viewed as a, as, as a problem. And as we were viewed as holding down the community. Uh, we were viewed as, why are you ministering to these poor and keeping them here? Or why are you ministering to, you know, you guys are keeping the gang members here. You remember all the rhetoric that was going on at the time. It was very kind of hostile. Uh, and we had people that were being uh, displaced from our community. I remember uh, Ray Boulogne was on our staff. He, he had to move twice in a year. In other words, they condoed his building. And, and, and that meant the lease was null and void. And he had to move. And it happened twice. And so we began to feel what the community was feeling. When you live here all your life and all of a sudden you couldn't live here anymore. And in Uptown, I, I joke with people, but they said, why don't you live? I said, I can't afford to live in Uptown. Are you kidding me? This is the Gold Coast here. You know, I mean, I was just, that's why Pastor would joke about the building across the street and say, you know, 4,900 uh, um, places of a, in, unaffordable living. I mean, I, I forget what the numbers were, but it's very expensive to live here now. So all that to say is we went through that season where we were viewed in that negative way. And, and, and it doesn't feel good, does it? And, and, and so at the same time, he's saying, we've got we've to gotta praise God in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the suffering. But he says, so remember, he says, but verse 32 says, but remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings. It's not unnatural for the world to see the shining 
of Christian truth and the Christian love and to hate it or to be hostile towards it. So I just want you to let you know that's going to happen. If it happens to you sometimes, get used to it. Jesus said it happened to him, it's going to happen to us. So we need to know, know that that's part of it. And so these Christians at this time, the Jews that, that had converted to Christianity, they were suffering rejection even from their Jewish community, right? They're saying, you need to go back. And, and per, perhaps being counted as dead, they face, and now they're affecting, facing economic persecution. You read that verse with me, it says, you sympathize those with those in, in prison. And guess what happened? They confiscated your property because you knew, uh, because you were identifying with those that were being persecuted. They took their stuff. That's what was happening to them. And so we need to have a fresh perspective of new believers in the face of suffering. That's, that's just part of what happened. When they did what they did, the officials or the mob plundered their property. Perhaps they burned their homes or broke out their windows or stole their furniture. Or it might be they, there were official fines that were put against them. Whatever it was, showing sympathy to suffering brothers and sisters actually cost them their possessions. And yet they, they counted it and they had the courage and they said, we have something more, something more important than those physical belongings. And so then and now it takes a good deal of courage to let your light shine before a world that may not want to see it. And so I want to encourage you to be courageous, to continue to do the things that you're, you're called to do. Um, suffering in association with those who suffer can, suffering in association with those who suffer really actually can be medals of honor for us. We have to carry it that way and say, you know what, I'm not going to let that get me down. We're gonna, we have to stand in, those, in the midst of those situations. Amen? Um, so this month, month of November, Doug talked about this earlier, but the month of November is actually uh, the month where we pray for the persecuted church. And, and you know, for those that do not know, uh, persecution is still happening. Amen? It is. It is. It's happening in other parts of the world. And, and right now, I, I witnessed this in just a few uh, recently, in the last several years um, in Asia. I'm not going to name the place, but in, over in Asia, because it's different parts where it's happening. But we had international friends, international organizations that have been entirely shut down. We had a, we had a Christian school that was over in Asia. They, it's no longer there. They had to leave. We've had people that have been on the field that had to leave the country. Uh, in just a couple weeks, Brother uh, Elder Doug is going to be up here and have someone sharing from our, from our church. It used to be at our church. that recently wrote me a letter. And, and the reason I noticed the letter was, I was reading the letter, I, I noticed that he was back up in Wisconsin. I didn't really know why. He hadn't told me why. But in this letter, he talked about escaping. I had to use the word escape. And so I actually called him and we talked about it. And he, he literally had to escape that country and get out of there. And by, by God's grace, he was able to leave. And, uh, and he's going to be telling his story in just a couple weeks. So I, I share that with you because that's what, what was happening here. There, there's, there's people that were being persecuted and being put in prison. And they're yet they're identifying with those people. They're coming alongside their brothers. They're caring for their brothers. And as, as, a, as a consequence of that... Um, they, they, their possessions were taken. But they believed two things about their possessions. One, that the, the possessions in heaven were better than their possessions, their physical possessions that they had on earth. Amen? 
And the other is that that, that possession is, is about abiding, about they had a relationship with Jesus that was going to carry them through. In other words, they really believe that this world is inferior and that this world is temporary. And, and, and that is the truth, guys. That is the truth. The one to come is superior than the one that we're in now. Amen? I, I want to tell you something. Before this, before this virus happened, we were in a far different place as a country, right? Now, we've been praying, we've been praying as a church for renewal for our country, for revival for our country. It's crazy that we're praying for revival and then we got a pandemic. I want you guys to put two and two together. God is using the pandemic to draw people to Christ, okay? People are coming to Jesus through this pandemic. And God wants to use you and I to lead them there. They're, they are open. I have people that I'm talking to now that are open that were never open. They're open talking about praying and talking about God. They might not know him yet, but they're talking because they realize that what they have is insufficient. Now, before this happened in January of this year, the stock market was at an all-time high. Our country was far from God. Stock market was all-time high. Hey, we had everything, right? It was all good. You had your possessions, you had your job, you have your belongings. COVID happened, COVID happened. All of a sudden, that's all gone. The idols are gone. Stock market crashed. I don't even look at the 403B anymore. You know, it's, 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 that, that's no need to, to look there. But the thing is, that the main thing we learned is we are not in control. We are not in control of this of the situation. And so it's, God used this to draw us back to himself. And, and if you do not see it now, this is a fallen world. Amen? I mean, we, we might cover it up and make it look good. This is a fallen world that we're living in. The world to come is a much better place. And we can see that now. Can I get an amen? amen. I mean, that's the truth. That's the truth. And so these, for them, these were not words. You know, even in their midst, these were realities. They knew that the best was yet to come. And they were so real that when the house and the furniture and the clothes and the books were burned and the horses were stolen, they knew that God was actually preparing them for the eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So they were walking with the Lord. And the two things that everybody wants that they had found, and, and the believers at this time had found, they're not in this world. You know what they found? They, they found that the, everybody wants happiness, right? And the longest happiness possible, but but the words that they found were better and abiding. In other words, the covenant they had, the relationship with Jesus, it was better and it was forever. Our relationship with Jesus is forever. It's not just for now. We take it with us. It goes with us. And the possession they had was at the God's side of glory. Amen? And so it says, in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forever and ever. And so we had that. And we will continue to have that when we leave this world. Amen? And that's why for you and I, we don't need to fear this virus. We know where we're going. We know where we're going when, when this is over. And so we need to walk in that. I'm going to go on to verse, the last, last few verses, verse 35 through 39. It says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little, very little while, he he who, will, who is coming will come and will not delay. 
But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but are those who believe and are saved. Amen? My question for you is, are, are, are you losing your confidence in the Lord? In the midst of this trial, are you, is, your, is your confidence shaking? Are you losing your confidence in the Lord? We need to ask ourselves a question to see if our faith has faded in a similar way. We have to be careful when, when we're going through these challenges. We, if we began it with joy, willing to forsake, uh, for, forsake prestige and property, have we lost our heart? Because sometimes in the midst of trials, we, we do begin to lose heart, don't we? We do, we do begin to, to labor. And so my question is, are, are we willing to continue to make the sacrifices? Are we willing to experience loss? You know, are we willing to praise the Lord anyhow? No matter what happens, are we willing to praise God in the midst of trials? I, I want to talk about our congregation for a minute. In our, just in our congregation this year, we've lost over 20 people. Now, I'm not talking about within the congregation. I'm talking about family members of people within this congregation. So I'm talking about extended family. And it's not all because of the virus. Some have been because of the virus. Some have been... Other, other natural forms of death, heart attack or whatever the situation was. Um, but, but for some of you, I mean, you've lost multiple people. And that has been a challenge. We have a, a, a grief ministry that, that was handed over to me um, by, by Pastor Allen. It's a wonderful ministry. Um, and we send out grief books. I've had to order and reorder grief books for, because there's been so much that's been happening. And, and it's been a challenge for us, right? It's been a challenge because we can't, we can't even grieve the way that we normally grieve. The, 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 the thing that happened, I didn't state from the statement uh, what was given to me by the mayor, but for funerals, it's, it's 25 or less as of this last Friday. In other words, you, you can't have the whole family there grieving. And they, unfortunately, that's where it's been spreading. As people have been at the funerals, taking off their masks, they're hugging, they're doing all those things, and, and it's spreading. And so even that's a chore. You know, where, where you can't do that just the way that you would normally do it. And, and so, you know, we, our deacons, and I want to give some praise. If our deacons could stand up for a minute, I want to say a word of praise for our deacons. Um, our deacons have really, stand up deacons, please. Um, our deacons during this season, when I think about groups and people that have stepped up, they have stepped up uh, tremendously. Uh, they, they meet every Monday. They debrief each week. And, and they have been ministering to the body. They've been calling those, and you may be seated now, they've been calling those that have been in, in grief, grieving, ministering to those that have been hurting. They make me aware of things just as they happen so that we can, we can continue to minister. Uh, we're ministering together, and I thank you for that. And then, you know, I'm very thankful for uh, my pastor's group. My, my pastor's group, um, that I just happened, uh, it, the, the two guys that you've seen preach up here, You'll see uh, Brian Price will be with us again in just a couple of weeks. But Brian Price and Nathan Carter put together a pastor's group. And, and they, uh, it was right on time. Okay, I just say it was right on time. I call that pastor's group every Wednesday. And it just happened that our staff meeting was, 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 had stopped at that time and it was perfect timing. But even as we brought staff meeting back on, I haven't changed that time because we, we mutually encourage one another because many of you... Um, 
and I've said this earlier, we are blessed to be meeting, okay? Many churches are still not meeting. Many churches, you know, even as I, as I, was, as, as I was griping and complaining, and, and I appreciate what, what David, what you said, because there was some griping and complaining with the boiler, right? Um, but one of, one of the pastors reminded me, even as I was complaining, he says, Pastor, you have a building. You might not have heat. But, I mean, many of our churches, seriously, they were meeting at CPS. CPS is closed. They have no building. And it was great during the summer, but it's not great now. So they're online, and that's it. And so God just reminds me, and that pastor group reminds me. Sometimes they chastise me. Sometimes they just pray and encourage me. But we have each other. We have each other's back. And so that's why I made this message, persevering together. Because when we're going through those seasons, when you've lost one loved one, it's one thing. But when you've lost two or three in a row, you need somebody to hold up your arms. You need somebody to, to pray over you, to encourage you. You know, when, when you're going through those things, you, we need each other. That song is true. That song, we need, we, we need each other. We need you. I need you. We do. It's mutual encouragement. And if you're, you, you might not be going through it now, but you will go through it. It's, it's not a matter of of if it's a matter of when we all go through those seasons together and we need each other to get through them amen and sometimes it's it's just, it's it's just reminding each other about the lord it's sometimes it's just giving that scripture that that person needs at the time to remind them you know oh yeah god's got this thing he's got me in the midst of this so perseverance is vital for us to receive all that god wants to give us so don't cast away don't 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 throw away your confidence in the lord don't cast it away. And, th and that's what was happening with these people. They were in danger of casting away their confidence in the Lord and going back to the old covenant, old way of living. And Jesus is, you know, it's like, that's not going to work. The old covenant is gone. The new covenant is here. And so they were relapsing back in the old covenant relationship with God, and, and that was gone. Um, and so... Moving on, the reward is even sweeter the long that we wait for, longer we wait for it, all right? I'll say that. The, te the tendency is to stop obeying his will when the promise isn't immediate, right? That's the tendency in us. We get discouraged. We say, I, I want or, or, we, or we say, you know what, Lord, I got this. I got this. You get in the trunk. I got this. And that's a, that's a bad decision, amen? I heard somebody say, oh, yeah, yeah, you don't put God in the trunk. <laughs> no. He's supposed to be driving the car. He's not even supposed to be in the passenger seat. He's supposed to be driving the car. And so, but we have a tendency when, when we don't get what we want when we want it to try to take control. And so times of danger, especially when, when we're dealing with this, it calls for renewed confidence, for confident in Christ because he's our anchor for our soul in times of pressure. Amen? Jesus is our anchor. And so to throw it away through doubt or neglect is to miss the... the the rich reward that is just waiting around the corner. You've heard that, that saying, it's darkest before the dawn. That's, that's how it is. I mean, we're living in some dark times right now. Can't say, see, if you can't say amen, say ouch. I mean, we're, we're, that's how, where we are. But at this season, what we are to do is to cling to the Lord. Okay, we're to cling to one another and to cling to the Lord, encourage each other in that way. Right now, What's going on in our city, what's going on in our country, I call it COVID fatigue. We're tired of wearing the mask. And so some people are pretending that it's over. But there's a problem. It's not over. And, and some people are pretending, well, you know what? 
we won't, we're safe because we're in a rural city. Right? That's what happened in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, they said, well, this is happening at UW-Madison. It's a college town. So they went to a place up in Door County. Door County is one of, one of my favorite places to go. Folks were up vacationing there. Nobody's wearing masks. It spread like wildfire. And, but there's a problem in, in, in Door County. You know what? There are no hospitals in Door County. So, I mean, it created a huge thing. So I'm saying this thing is really, people have gotten fatigued, and we need to encourage one another and even tell one another, put that mask back on. You know what we were doing yesterday? I had Cynthia. Cynthia's in the gym now. She was not shy. Put your mask on. You want some food? Put your mask. Put, no, 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 no not, uh, not uh, down here. Put it. Here's a mask. Let me show you how it's done. We, we weren't playing. We can't be playing. And we have to encourage one another. We, this is serious. We, we just have to continue to do that. And, and, and so, you know, if you guys get tired, if there's some rules and ushers are hassling, guys, we're doing our best to protect you, okay? So, and that's my prayer. We need to be praying, not, not just for our city. We need to be praying for our country. Pray for Wisconsin. Pray for Indiana. Pray for our country to take it seriously. Uh, because we don't know when that vaccine's coming, okay? And, and we can't pretend that this isn't for real. And, and so in the same line, line they were saying, guys, this is, they, keep, keep, keep your eyes on the price. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Lastly, as I close, God's promises pr- motivate us to persevere, to do his will. And I'll tell a story here. In 1968, the country of Tanzania selected John Stephan Akari to, to represent it in the Mexico City Olympics. Along the race course for the marathon, Akari stumbled and fell, severely injuring both his knee and ankle. And by 7 p.m., a runner from Ethiopia, Ethiopia had won the race, and all the other competitors had finished and been cared for. But just a few thousand uh, spectators were left in the huge stadium when the police siren at the gate caught their attention. Limping through the gate at, at number came number 36 Akari, leg wrapped in a bloody bandage, those present began to cheer as the courageous man completed the final lap of the race. And then later, a reporter asked Akari the question on everybody's mind. Why did you continue the race after you were so badly injured? And he replied, this was his response. He says, my country did not send me 7,000 miles to begin a race. They sent me to finish the race. Amen? Amen. Brothers and sisters, we are here to finish the race. Amen? God's calling us to finish the race. Jesus had many lovers. And this is a quote from Thomas A. Kempis. It says, he says, Jesus had many lovers of his heavenly kingdom, but few bearers of his cross. He had many desires of comfort, but few of tribulation. All desire to rejoice with him, but few will suffer anything for him. Many love Jesus as long as adversities do not happen. Many praise him and bless him as long as they receive comforts from him. But if Jesus hid himself and leaves them for a while, they gall either into complaining or, or into too much dejection of mind. But they that love Jesus for Jesus and not for some comfort of their own, bless him in tribulation and all tribulation and anguish of heart as well as in the highest of comfort. Oh, how powerful is the pure love of Jesus, which is mixed with no self-love or self-interest. Amen? That's a quote from Thomas A. Kempis. The return of Jesus had been mentioned uh, previously in, in this chapter, early in verse 25. 
And so, I mean, I just want us to know that this is what it's all about. We praise Jesus for Jesus, right? Not, not for the comforts, not for the things he does for us, but because of Jesus. And we will praise him no matter what, no matter what tribulation comes up. And so lastly, I'm going to close with this. Um, we have to have patience. And patience is that moment-by-moment quality which, which one grows with practice. We have to continue to practice patience with, during this season. I don't know how long this season's going to go. I remember when this started, I thought we were going to be done in four to six weeks. I'm, I'm serious. I thought, I thought four to six weeks, surely. First, I'll be really honest, I'll confess, I didn't even think it was real. I was watching this thing in, into February, early March, and I thought, boy, they're blowing this thing up on a world news. What's the deal? It's over in China. What's happening? And, and, and several weeks later, it was closed. I, and I know I'm not the only one, guys. I had talked to lots of people. We thought it, we didn't know it was real. But then I thought, well, surely we're going to be back together in just a few weeks. And then it was like almost the end of July. And so all that to say, I don't know when this is going to be over. But we need to persevere in the midst of that. And we need to be patient. And we just need to do what we do. And we need to, as, 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 as Pastor Allen said this to me, when this was first going on, he said, listen, we need to wear the mask. We need to watch our distance, but guess what? We need to wash the hands of the feet that God puts before us. And we were washing the feet of our community yesterday. Amen? So we need to continue to be about doing the work of Jesus while it is still day. Amen? And that's what we're going to continue to do. Let's close with a word of prayer. Lord God, thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, thank you for the faith that you give us that keeps us from giving up. We pray, Lord, that we would not be like those who shrink back. Lord, that we would continue to press into you. And, and Lord, continue to display that faith. I know, Lord, in, in the next chapter of this book, and I encourage our people to look at that, it's the book of Hebrews 11. It talks about faith. And the faith of people that didn't even get to see what happened, but they had faith anyhow. They knew what was to come. And they, they were people of faith. So Lord, help us to be those people of faith. And Lord, help us to remind ourselves in the midst of the, these, these situations, when we're going through difficulty, remind ourselves of what you've done for us in the past and that you will bring us through. Help us to stand with others in the church and in our community as they go through difficult times. Lord, we would provide for physical needs and for spiritual needs. And Lord, thank you that we help us to enjoy the camaraderie that you give us together. Lord, the wealth that we have in this room is out of this world. It's beyond our belongings. It's, it's, it's eternity with you. And so, Lord, as I close, Lord, I pray for those that are listening right now. Lord, that those of you that are listening on live stream, I just want to tell you it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. I know some of you may be listening today and you might think, you know what? If I die today, if I, I'd go to heaven. And I know some of you are thinking, like, I'd go to heaven because I'm a good person. I talked to someone about that this week. And I know that's how I used to think. I thought I was good enough. But the reality is none of us are good enough. Our best is but filthy rags before the Lord. And so all of us are sinners in need of grace. So if you're listening to this message, if 
you want to go to heaven, you got to put your trust in Jesus. And it simply goes by admitting that you are a sinner, admitting that you can't fix yourself, that you are not perfect. None of us are. And you're not telling him anything he doesn't know, but you need to tell him anyhow. And then thanking him for sending his son to die on the cross for your sins, for my sins. Thanking him and putting your trust in him, inviting Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And I encourage you, if you have not done that, to do that right now and to call and let us know so we can walk to, with you on your journey of faith. Jesus saves in him alone. I encourage you to put your trust in him. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. 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 Oh, teach us to trust you, Lord, in all seasons. Come on, worship team. Let's, uh, let's sing this as our prayer to the Lord. Whatever we go through, that we would let the tough times strengthen us, not weaken us. That we would let the things that we go through teach us how to persevere, teach us how to trust. That we would be set apart wholly for the Lord, completely for the Lord. Purify my heart. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold. Pure gold. Refine us My heart's warm desire is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you. My master, ready to do your will. Purify my heart, purify my heart, cleanse me from within and make me holy. Purify my heart. Cleanse me from my sin, deep within, deep out of spite. My heart's warm desire is to be holy, set apart. I choose to be holy, set apart for 
Father, thank you so much. Thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, that we just say we're ready to do your will. Thank you for setting us apart. Thank you that you not only saved us, but Lord, you called us to yourself and you called us to be servants for you. And so, Lord, we, we, we just say we, we are, we're here, we're willing, we're available. Use us that you might receive honor and glory. So, Lord, go with us and and Lord, as you, as you go with us, help us to remember that we are on the mission field for you. Help us to be ready, available, to be used by you. And so, Lord, we pray you go with us. Continue to pray for your protection. Continue to pray for your provision. And then we continue to pray that you would use us to bring many to know you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen.